you just said Ten, is one of the most insanely eight, idiotic seven, things I have ever six, heard. Five, Everyone four, in this room three, is now dumb two, for having one, listened to it. Zero. May God have mercy on your soul. Welcome to Pan and Scan Podcast. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, everybody. We're back. We are back. It's the Pan and Scan Podcast, boys. It, it is indeed, Ben. And, and we're here for our uh, is it a sixth episode. Sixth episode, yeah, it is. We've, uh, we're have we just lounging around on this uh, leisurely afternoon, <laughs> relaxing from our hard-earned break from oh, the that's it. alien retrospective. So Which was a marathon. It was a marathon. It really was. A labour of love. It was indeed. But uh, So so this, this episode's going to be, you know, just a sort of general chit-chat and, uh, you know... It's not going to be a two-hour-length episode, I don't no. think. So, but we well, do well, get to we do get to carry on pretty much from where we finished off, which was we, we, did, but we, we just did. went to see we had, Prometheus. We had just been to see the Prometheus, yeah, which is what we've been watching. That's right, <laughs> more <laughs> than <laughs> once. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of us because yeah. I haven't had actually had a chance to go see it again. So, um, I've still just left with the initial reaction. But yeah. You've seen it subsequent times. I mean, how many uh, times have you seen uh, it? Three times. Three now. times. Three times. Good man. So. so yeah. um, so yeah, I think that's, we'll, we'll kick off with the um, yeah, what, we've been, you know. what we've been seeing at the cinema in the last week or so. Um, so yeah, we ended the last show. We were heading off to see Prometheus um, for the midnight showing, right? And um, we got there in time. Yeah, you know, um, it was pretty packed. It was pretty packed for saying it was a midnight showing. I, not, I don't know what, what I expected. I don't know whether I expected to, to be lots of people there or just me and John sat in the middle, but yeah, yeah it was pretty busy. Yeah, quite a lot of people there. I was quite annoyed, actually, because I couldn't find a We Endanger Species t-shirt that I bought oh. um, a few episodes before. Yeah, so. we talked about that in a couple of episodes before and gutted. <laughs> I was, I was actually gutted. I couldn't, be, lot, I couldn't be a true fanboy as, no, as I wanted There were quite to. a lot of fanboys there, you could see, couldn't you? Yeah. But um, I suppose that's what it's about, really. Um, I mean, that's... But I suppose that's that's one of the first things we can. Well, one of the things we'll talk about. Um, obviously, it's a, lot of, uh, a lot of fanboys obviously went. So, but um, we'll kick it off. Um, obviously, it's yep. um, something that we've been anticipating for quite a while. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it that often, but I was pretty excited about it. Um, so, yeah. So I think the drinking game is officially over now, Ben. I think it is. Yeah. So we can say the word Prometheus without knowing that we're not getting a lot of people into trouble. Well, that's it. So. Uh, so yeah, so we went to see uh, we went to see Prometheus. Um, opened on uh, was the first of June. Um, it's out in America now. Yep. Um, since we went to see it, it's um, got quite quite mixed reviews. Yeah. Um, it can be said. It can be said. It's got quite healthy scores in uh, IMDb. Seven point seven, which is quite good. Seventy three percent fresh on um, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so, but it, it's kind of it's it's split. Um, the viewers, I think it's it's split. Who, whoever's been to see it, they've either gone come away thinking it's the best thing, or it's the worst thing, or and it's and it really is. And I, personally, I think it all depends on how you go in and what you expect from that film. Yeah, I think so. I think it it definitely depends on your mindset going on in this film. That's right. What um, you're expecting and what you will actually get, you know. Yeah, and I think really, um, you go it, obviously the the origins of the film we spoke about before, which was. It all came, we knew that um, originally when Ridley Scott went in, it, it was going to be an alien prequel. Right. And then very early on, it was changed to it's not an alien prequel. Um, but 
obviously subsequent tw- subsequent trailers came out um we yeah. get to we get to see the uh, the de- the ship we get to see um the space jockey we get to see a lot of alien type um sort of imagery, imagery yeah. and um obviously straight away everybody says well it it's it's definitely an alien prequel it's definitely an alien prequel um Ridley Scott's obviously just trying to throw us off the scent and mm-hmm. I think that is what's caused the is is what's caused the split really. Um, obviously, we went quite heavily into the Alien retrospective, talked about how much it, we we enjoyed Alien and and Aliens and what kind of we expected from Prometheus. And mm. I don't know about you, John, but um, I kind of walked away not really knowing quite what had happened. It, yeah, I mean, this film. <laughs> It does give you it, it point it sort of gives you sort of vague references to sort of questions and and answers that you wanted for the questions, but you you left with a lot. It sort of gives you more questions that are then left unanswered. Yeah, I think it's safe to say this isn't an alien prequel, not a direct alien prequel. No, it's not. Really. It's if you go in expecting it to be an alien prequel, which I think that despite being told it wasn't. <laughs> you kind of think it is going to be and if you and and when you come away and it's and it's not an alien prequel then a lot of questions you were expecting to get answered or or aren't answered and i think you feel a bit personally i felt a bit let down but i don't think that's the fault of the film and i don't think that's the fault of ridley scott i think that's the fault of um myself getting um so hyped up about it but also that um i, th- I think the um uh, marketing for this film has been gearing it towards yeah i was gonna say that alien and they had to play up the alien prequel because that's what so many of the fans out there wanted and yeah if you're marketing something as a prequel then you're gonna get a lot more butts in the seats than well, if you just right. say it's it's just a sort of sci-fi film by ridley scott i mean you know that's it because um ridley scott has only ever done two sci-fi films he's only ever done um eight, up until now he's done alien and he did blade runner and he's not done any any uh, sci-fi up until uh, now he's moved quite away away from that when you think about it, he does things like gladiator right um and he does um uh, kingdom of heaven and american gangster and all, all those kind of thing, films which are very very different um to come back to it i suppose they have you've, you've got to play on the fact that it was alien and, and he did alien and, and try and bring everybody back and everybody's kind of you look at it through rose tinted glasses you think this is it's going to be this prequel and it's going to explain everything and without giving anything away it doesn't <laughs> it, 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 I, I, it doesn't give anything it doesn't talk too much about it it, it doesn't lead on to alien at all um the yeah, image, this, yeah. The, the the ship that's in there um is a ship that belongs to um the the race of space jockeys who were called engineers um they, that it's it's just one of their ships yeah that so is the only link to the alien film is that the 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 ship and and alien life form you see on board that ship in alien is from the same species that the that the human characters in prometheus also encounter that's right that is the only link yeah and and that's that's the only like i said the only only link um and if I know that when me and John went to see it, we were ex- we didn't without even getting too far into it. We were kind of expecting a bit more of a of a link to Alien, but when and and when there wasn't, it leaves you a lot of questions. Um, it doesn't really explain quite what I, what I expected. And like I say, I walked away. Um, I I got in bed, and uh, Son woke up and rolled over and said, "So was it the best film you've ever seen?" And uh, I had to 
I, I, I didn't say anything. I said, I said, <laughs> don't talk to me. Because I was going to go sit. Because I, I was, because um, we saw it at midnight that night. I was going. I'd already booked my tickets again to see it at uh, quarter past seven with um, Sonia and uh, my brother and one of our, another friend. And we'd gone. We were going to go watch it again. So I didn't want to taint anything for anybody else because I wanted everybody else to go in with their own ideas. Right. Um, but the only thing I did say was. It isn't an Alien prequel. If you expect anything from Alien, you're going to be disappointed. And um, when I watched it a second time, to be honest, I really liked it. Mm. I, re- I really liked the film. Um, from from going from disappointment, but entirely on mar- because of, of me building it up in a lot of ways, but also because of the way it's been um, marketed. But um, when you go and see it, if you go and see it for for the film, for sci-fi film that it is, it's a very well done sci-fi film. Yeah. Um it's I wouldn't say it was it was an it's a classic like Alien would be. It's not something a bit, but in its own right it is it's a good it's a it's I, a good sci-fi I, film. I I yeah, I agree with you there. I think, you know, you go in with a certain set of preconceptions and and if you do that based around the Alien franchise, you're going to come out maybe a little disappointed. But yeah. then again, this is really a film that you have to see twice. Yeah. Because I will say that the concepts, the story and the acting, brilliant. And it's probably head and shoulders above any other sci-fi film that we've probably seen in the last ten years. This yeah. film isn't Independence Day. This is this is a quality sci-fi flick. Mm. And and that's it. It's and I th- and I really think that <coughs> they've um, Fox have really shot themselves in the foot by pushing it as a as a prequel. As a prequel. Yeah. And there being so many trailers. And I'd never really got why there had to be so many trailers. Because you get those sort of fanboys that sort of freeze frame every frame, don't you, and analyse yeah. every shot, and then you know they're just gonna, like you say, they're gonna become way disappointed. So. Well, that's it because you can read so much into it, and there, there were so many trailers. There were trailers for trailers, um, and you do, and, and I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, I'm smiling at my co-host. No, yeah, because <laughs> because I'm one of the, I was one of those. I, I was freeze framing. I was working my way through it, and um, there was so much in there, and. Um, there's so much to look at and the imagery was amazing and, and you could see so much that pointed towards Alien and that and with Alien being one of my all time favourite films it was it was it was something where I went in and I expected something completely different to what I got right um, but what I but when I like I say watching it a second time watching it for for what it is um it's it's a it's a good story. It's, it's a it's, really interesting concept. It's a, it's not simple. It's not sort of you, you have to ha- you have to have a bit of a brain going in watching this film, yeah. which is which I think is is a credit to the writing. Yeah, you know I I think that's it it, it doesn't dumb down for the audience and yeah. you know it, it lets us use our brains whilst also enjoying like you know the sort of cinematic elements of spaceships and aliens. Yeah, and, and it, I, I, I remember reading um, which you don't get very often these days. Well, no, that's <coughs> it. And um, I remember reading Von Daniken as a kid. Um, uh, Chariots of the Gods um, was one of my favourite books. My dad gave it me, and it's all about um, how it, how we as a species we we were put here by aliens. We were um, cultivated. We had we the aliens that we worshipped were 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 gods or whatever. Right, right, yeah. And um, <coughs> that's pretty much the way the story goes in this as well. And um, it's a similar kind of story, and but it's finding out their origin, your origins. Um, obviously, in the trailers, you get to see the something is being worshipped. You need, there's the same pictograms. They go off to find where it comes from, and when they get there, they let's say that even 
we had we have questions going into it they have questions going into it and not all their questions are answered right but, uh, um some of their questions are some aren't and i think that this is it it leaves itself very open for another another film mm. um but uh, there's some the visual effects are some of the best visual effects i've seen um a lot of it because um there is so much which is has been physically built um so many um sets which are which are real um which is the big thing with uh, really scott is he does like to build his own sets um yeah he crafts and, worlds doesn't he well that's right generally speaking and um not so much in his last his, his newer films but i mean he is still known for that kind of level of quality in terms well, of yeah when they, when stuff, they so. build things like when, when you watch alien and you think about when they come out of the uh, nostromo and the uh, um they got the big leg that um that was which was actually built and they had ended up having kids in um space suits to walk around it um, they did the similar kind of thing in Prometheus, where they actually built a 28-foot leg of a of a, of a ship just right. just for for it. It could, would have been CG and green screen and a lot of others, but it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, so there was a lot of a lot of physical effects. There were um, the um, uh, people were, and the engineers that they meet. Um, again, without giving anything away, there it's all real. It's it's men in suits. It's real people. Oh yeah, yeah. And and that's what's cool about it. Is Although it's, you know, I have to say we do see there is you know the CG elements in terms of oh, the creature yeah. design as well. Um, you know, I'm I. All the elements are here in this movie. You know, you've got the you've got the creepy sort of dark corridors, the sort yeah. of ambiguous sort of um, you know alien structures, and you know where, what are they in, and sort of temples and things like that. You've got, you know, you've got the sort of uh, body horror that you got yeah. in the original Alien. The sort of, it's almost like, a, I don't know, like a Roger Corman kind of film. The sort of those kind of cool elements and the sort of neo sort of, uh, I don't know, sort of what it reminds me of, sort of seventies, eighties sci-fi. Well, that's the sort it. of cyberpunk nature to Ridley Scott. Because I tell you what, when I was watching Prometheus, it reminded me so much more of a Blade Runner mm. than of uh, an Alien film, especially with the ending, because yeah. it's very old school sci-fi. And I think that Ridley Scott, in terms of his sci-fi films, always sort of got his sort of uh, you know his, his his inspiration from. The kind of old school '80s, '70s sci-fi punk underground comics. Yeah, and there's mo- there's some flashes of that in this, especially with the ending. Yeah, um, which yeah, I, I really I, enjoyed. I'd not thought about it that way, to be honest. But yeah, that, you, you're entirely right. Yeah. It really is that kind of ending. Um, but um, the 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 story is good. The characters are good. Um, you do get some it's some nods towards Alien and Aliens. Um, uh, there's a character called Firefield. You'll recognise him from the trailer. He's the one with the Mohican and the tattoo. Um, one of the first things he says to someone is basically that he's out for the money, which I thought of yeah. Parker. Echoes Parker, yeah. yeah. Um, and then um, you get a couple of actual kind of sound bites. Um, there's a bit where um, um, one of the guys shouts to one someone else. He says, David, we are leaving, which is yeah. a straight nod to Aliens. Uh, when Hicks is shouting for the Marines to leave, um, and I kind of like that the, it's it's there without it being this the Star Wars kind of um, mm. where where you get so many quotes that carry on carry on just to time together. It's it's quite a nice one that it's 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 there but a bit different. Um, but the it's I said there's a there's a lot to what a lot to look at in this film and um, visually it's it's astounding. The um, 3D is some of the best 3D I've seen. Um, mm. It's really, really clear, really good depth to everything. Um, 
Okay, so the first thing, I, one thing I thought about when I was watching this is the second time I went to see it, they had a trailer for um, Amazing Spider-Man on before that. Yes, I've, and, sold, I've um, seen that one as well. And <coughs> in 3D, um, to be honest, it was making... There was everybody who was around me, there was me and, like I say, three other people, and everybody commented on how sick it, that 3D made them feel mm. because it's so... It moves so quickly. Um, it just didn't seem to... It, it, there was... We we still we're still filming in twenty four frames for the most part, right? Um, and with that makes that means we don't get the fluid movements that you're going to get uh, in things like the um, the Hobbit, where that's supposed to be at forty eight frames. I know that yeah, the, the new, new frame rates coming in. Yeah, the new Avatar is supposed to be done at sixty, possibly a hundred frames. Um, Jesus Christ! And th- whilst that will make the three D very clear, everything will move very very fluidly. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're still shooting at twenty four frames, it's hard to do that kind of movement because because you, you get the motion blur in film that's that's just the way that's just the way that film is the way that it's done and that's i just don't know how well that'll work in 3d because it's it but but that's the difference was in the contrast to prometheus everything was very there were no no real quick pans and, and everything is is moved really slowly if you think about the start of alien when they're going through all the ship and whatever and how slowly that that's all filmed a lot of it is filmed like that where there's it's quite it's everything's quite smooth there's no really quick movements in the in the camera right, right. Um, and it keeps everything in focus easily and it makes it and, it, and you never feel pulled out of it by the 3d um nothing pokes out at you nothing nothing moves so quick that you think oh that's not right or there's something in the foreground which pokes out at you everything seemed to fit really well yeah um, it's a smooth transition so through, yeah so i think it's um so along with um jim cameron i think that um really scott's kind of putting himself out there as uh, as someone who will be able to film in 3d and do it properly yeah it's the old old school boys transitioning into the 3d digital era and and you know they're all sort of trying to make the stamp on it at the minute well that's it and i think and, um, i think there's so much so much out there from the studios pushing 3d um that there's that they're not taking the time to do it right there's so many people and so many like conversions which are happening like i was reading about t- um uh tim burton's uh um, frank and weenie and right yeah the new animation yeah. yeah and that's being filmed in um it's uh it's stop animation um but that's not actually being filmed in 3D, and it'll be converted to 3D afterwards. Um, oh right, okay. And I didn't really, I don't really get that. Um, that never it, seems to transition well, though. When well, you that's that it. Way, so. Some some work okay, some are all right, but I'm not so sure. Like, if if you can do it in 3D, why shouldn't you do it in 3D? The stop motion, I would have imagined, would be a fairly easy one to do because it's all it's all single frames anyway. Right. Um, yeah. But whether that makes it hard to to composite together with having because you, you're basically doubling the frames, I don't know. But um, but then but it just seemed that because these people who are who are the old school, they've always they're always innovating, um, and it seems like they've come around and done a really good job on this one. So um, so yeah, hmm. I, re- I really liked it. I thought it was a, it was a really good a really good film. Um, like I say, yeah. it's 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 a double watch. This film, yeah. I'd say, you know. Nimi Rapace is great. Um, I was going to say the really, casting's incredible. In this she movie. does a really good job um, going from the uh, she's 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 a Ripley type character um, without without just being a straight copy of Ripley. Um, right. Where she starts off um, quite timid, uh, really, but then has to pull it together, kind of thing. Um, uh, you've got a uh, Holloway played by Logan Marshall Green, um, who is. Um, uh, Shaw's Mrs. <laughs> Mister, <laughs> <laughs> and um, nice. he obviously want he's out there to try. He he's 
he wants to find where everybody's come from. Um, so those two are the main characters that we follow. But there's also Michael Fassbender as David. David and, the Android, and yeah. And he's, he's brilliant. He is brilliant. Um, so sinister. <clears throat> Again, like I say, there are elements from Alien that are in this movie and yeah. the sort of who can you trust, sort of corpor- you know, corporation infiltration yeah. thing, that is in this movie as well. well that's it. You know, so... It, there are there are some very key elements that Ridley Scott you know locked onto and, and kept from Alien and yeah. transferred over and it worked really well and David the Android is one of those elements that yeah. worked and really freaking well. He's really he's brilliant. Um, I really really like Michael Fassbender anyway. Um, I just like saying his name, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> brilliant. But I think he's I think he's brilliant. I really do. Um, I didn't realise he was Irish until I saw him um, being interviewed. It was probably a year ago or so, but. Um, you would never get it because he does a perfect English accent. Um, yeah, yeah. When you think about X Men, oft- First Class, and Inglorious Bastards, and he often you know, plays very eloquently speaking English yeah. characters. I I totally forgotten that he was in Three Hundred as well. He's like the second in command. Um, yeah, he's like the, the young, long haired yeah. Spartan. Yeah. yeah, he's sort of like second in command to that, and he's like Inglorious Bastards. And yeah, he's Inglorious Bastards, and he's in, and he's he is my standout scene in Inglorious Bastards because I quite it was it's a good film in Glorious Bastards. It's 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 typical Tarantino, um, which is uh, means that there's a lot of people sat around talking. He's such he's so good at writing conversations, um, and is he and Michael Fassbender stood out for me in that, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, overall it's 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 a it's a good film. I don't want to, what I don't want to do is give too much away about it. The only what I want you need to go and see this film, um, but what, you need to go and see it with a completely open mind, and you don't want to go and see it as um, a precursor to Alien because right. if you if you go in expecting Alien, you'll be disappointed. If you go in just, I think the best best person to go and see this is someone who hasn't seen Alien. Mm. Maybe to go and see Alien for the first time after you've seen Prometheus. Might and would would give you a bit, uh, give you something. But I think that if you're a big Alien fan, um, it's not it's not it's not going to be the film that you want. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right, right. There are so many films out there where they try and make a really good, um, they, they really push a prequel and it ruins the film. Yeah, it does. Um, so I think that this is something where it's done. If no one would have been happy with a prequel. I, I really, I'm, I'm a hundred. It would have been sure. very hard to please people at this stage. That's it. So, so, so I think um, Ridley Scott's done the right thing. Maybe they've taken the safe option and moved away from it being a direct alien prequel and just having it as a. Well, I, I mean, I said that on on the last episode or, or the one before that. Yeah. You know, I, I was relieved to find out that it wasn't going to literally be a sequel yeah. to Resurrection, Alien Resurrection. So, I was happy with that. Um, yeah, I'll just end this with a quote from Rotten Tomatoes. It says uh, Ridley Scott's ambitious. A quasi prequel to Alien may not answer all of the big questions, but it is redeemed by its haunting visual grandeur and compelling performances. Yeah, and that sums it up. It really does, um, <clears throat> because it is that kind of film. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, oh, one more thing. One, uh, oh. one little uh, here we go. Uh, one Easter egg for you. One thing I found <laughs> the other day was um, we we talked about Guy Pearce. Yes, and to be honest, I couldn't see why he'd been um, cast. Because he's he's a very good actor, but why have a a young person and an old man make up? Yeah, that this that was one. There's a couple. Right, there was a couple of things in the film towards the end of the movie that I disliked, and it was Mm. more it was more visuals, it was more sort of aesthetics, Mm. not the actual plot or anything really. And that that character and the actor, 
the old man sort of old age stipple technique. Yeah. I'm not a big fan. You can always tell. Yeah, because to me it felt like um, Johnny Knoxville from Jackass playing it. It might as well have been because because the, yeah, it yeah. doesn't look the the makeup was very very good. Didn't seem any better than we've seen in the Jackass movies. It just makes you think. Why isn't an old man playing this part? And I can answer that for you. Go. Um, apparently. Um, as we see in um, when we do meet um, a dead Wayland um, who um, who introduces himself on the ship and, and he is in a um, a hologram. He's a hologram. Um, he's actually on Mars um, at that point, a terraforming Mars. He's either on Mars or on a, one, uh, or a moon of Mars um, or something orbiting Mars. And um, apparently, there were going to be flashback scenes um, to um, uh, Wayland as a young man terraforming and being there and being on Mars. Oh, um, okay. okay. So, which was why they'd cast Guy Pearce. But then, before this, but this was well before the you know, before it actually started filming. They changed the script and they decided that they weren't going to go and do that. Um, but at this point, Guy Pearce was already locked in. Um, so right, and he, he was had, in the viral marketing campaigns as, it, as a so, young Wayland. So he had to. So he had to be in the film. Um, so otherwise, we're going to have Max von Sydow. Who I really really like, ah, and, he, and um, I think he would have been really good, um, yeah, as uh, as an old Wayland, and that is apparently why they would have had uh, Max von Sydow uh, or someone similar play uh, um, Wayland if they hadn't have locked in Guy Pearce. Right, interesting. So yeah, there's a bit of trivia for you, and yeah. also explains why they've done it, and uh, not that it makes much difference. Makes much difference, but uh, but yeah, there you go. So there you go. Check out Prometheus, guys, and um, it's a, it's a must watch. Yeah, it's a must double watch. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so, yeah. At least. I, I've yet to see it again, but I will be. So, Ben, we are not going to speak any more of Prometheus. No, that's it now that's for the Pan and Scan podcast. Yeah. We will never, yeah, apart from when it comes out on Blu ray, of course. Yeah, that's it. We may reference it at some point, but it's not going to be. That's, this is the last. That's that the last bit, though. Speaking of, like, you know, old, old sort of directors sort of coming into the digital age and, and you know, breaking into the 3D realm. Yeah. Um, George Lucas's last film, then. Yeah. Is it Red Tails? Oh, Red Tails, yeah. Yeah, he's bowing out with this one, apparently. Apparently so. I've uh, I've heard I've, I've read this a couple of times um, that he was he's kind of like, he reckons he's going to move away from everything, which yeah. uh, comes out on June the sixth, apparently. Yeah, um, it's quite it looks quite an interesting film. It's quite a, it's quite a strange one. Um, for, is it an aeronautical film or something? Yeah, like, it is. It? Um, it's quite a strange one for George Lucas to be doing, uh, but apparently it's something that he's been he's had on the back burner for. Like, for years and years like, and years since and years. American Graffiti or something. Well, that's it. It was something that he was planning on doing for a long, long time. And um, it's basically a story of um, a crew of African-American pilots um, in a training program. Um, and they weren't allowed to fight during World War Two, or they weren't going to be allowed to fight during World War Two. And, so um, it's a, a race. Yeah, that's it. Right. And it's because okay. that's it. It's quite a strange. Um, that's it. So this is why it's such a strange film for for him to do. Is it's an entirely um, or, or a, a majority of African American cast, right? Um, which is which. Well, fair enough. If you want to go and make a film like that, that's that's fine. But it just you wouldn't imagine some him doing something like that. But. Um, Visually, it looks quite good. Um, there's going to be a lot of, um, obviously, um, uh, aerial fights, things like that. Cuba Gooding Jr. is in there. Um, but to be honest, that's I don't know a huge amount of, um, amount of other people in there. I know there's Terrence Howard in there, who's most recently been in uh, 
um, Iron Man, uh, Iron Man Two, I think he was in, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, Nate Parker yeah. and David Aurelio. I can't. Yeah, Brian Cranston's in there. So there's there's, there's a few. Obviously, he's he's, he's not African American. Although interesting <laughs> to know that you know it, it, it's supposedly sort of you know. The, it's George Lucas's last film. Yeah, he's not directing it. That's right. And, um, uh, is it Anthony Hemingway? It is. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's going to direct this. He's directed this one. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting because I mean George Lucas hasn't directed that many films. Well, no, that's it. He, we, everybody assumes he is because well, he's he's so well known that he is um, a prolific director. He's but he's he's no Steven Spielberg. No, no, no. Um, who, well, obviously, he's so they're so closely related those two sort of. So. You, well, you, you can't mistake one of, for the other. Exactly, so. you can't think of one without the other um, because they came hand in hand for for a lot. Um, when you think of this, when you think of Star Wars, when you think of Indiana Jones, uh, things like that, they were they worked so they worked together well, for so, so much. George Lucas is always more of a concept ideas kind of guy rather yeah. than say a writer director. I mean, even his actual scripts, I don't think are. Of, you know, dare I say it, up to much scratch. Well, that's it. He's, he's, he's not really. Um, he's, Again, who I say, he's, say, he's an ideas guy. Um, yeah. He writes the original story. He's not a screenplay writer. Um, he, he, some of it's pretty dire when you actually look at anything that he's actually uh, written for the screen. But when you think that he wrote, he's obviously wrote Star Wars, wrote um, American Graffiti. Um, he came up with a story for Indiana Jones. Um, yeah. And they're obviously the most important things. And pretty much after that, it's mostly been it's mostly been Star Wars stuff. Um, it did write Willow um, as well. Great um, flick. And uh, there's uh, af- apart from that, he's, he's most a lot of the stuff that's been used is, is basically his characters. Um, he's come up with it. He did a few of the young Indiana Jones as well. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. I've no interest in, of speaking of such things. But um, obviously, he's, he's a prolific producer and, and writer and um, director wise. He wasn't. He didn't do a, a, a. He didn't do a huge amount since since he did Star Wars. Really, um, yeah. T T H X was his first film, wasn't it? That was the first the, the major breakthrough film for him, which he wrote, which he, he did in a um, uh, back at film school. Um, then did T H X. It was released, and then American Graffiti, Star Wars. After that, um, but that's pretty. Those are the only things he's actually directed. And then yeah. the new Star Wars films he directed. Did he direct all of the new Star Wars films? Um, he direct, yeah, he directed all th- all three of those, and but he only directed the first uh, original Star Wars film. Yeah, the uh, yeah. It was Irvin Kershner, um, Gary Kurtz. Um, so there was so he didn't actually direct the the later two, but you just assume that he did. Yeah, you do, um, don't you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so he's on his way out. Um, but to be honest, what what does he apart he what does he contribute now? Um, he, he has he's he's given us Star Wars and um, yeah, which, which is the which is he'll always be known for, uh, and since then he basically rubber stamps new Star Wars material, whether it be a TV show, whether it be a game, someone they'll um, animated series. I say he's always he's always used within that, and um, it, it, they seem to go to him for for story, and and obviously he. He he has the story still in his head of what's going to happen and where where everything's going to go, but um, right, but yeah, he's uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he does when he steps back because when he says he's stepping away from everything, what, I'm not entirely sure what he's stepping away from because he hasn't like I say hasn't directed anything for a while. Um, a lot of the writing is 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 just continuous of what he's already written. Um, 
It's whether he'll continue to produce. Not right. Sure. So yeah, it's gonna there be it's gonna be an interesting one to see what he does next. Yeah. Maybe he'll take up writing, or uh, I don't know, he'll raise sort of a sort of horse farm or something. <laughs> Like horse Skywalker farm? Ranch, that's it. So <laughs> yeah, he'll actually turn it into an actual ranch. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, have, what what have you uh, what have you been watching lately? Then just um, oh, yeah, because I've been I've actually been to the cinema a couple more times. Yeah, I haven't been um, to be honest. It's uh, I, it's been quite a, a a busy couple of weeks. Um, I, most recently, I went to see um, Fantastic Fear of Everything. Now that's the new Simon Pegg. It's the um, new Simon Pegg film, which, to be honest, now not uh, not directed by uh, Ed Wright. Edgar, Edgar Wright. Wright. That's right. Oh, that's terrible. So but, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's directed by um, Crispian Mills. Um, he's a, he wrote and directed this. This is the first first thing he's ever written and directed. Um, okay. See, so this is the, the odd thing about this film is that I I I bought this this week's. Um, Empire magazine, and I read a little article in there about it, a little yeah. review. But up until that point, I had no idea of this film's existence. Oh, it's exactly the same. Um, yesterday, I was looking for a film to go to see, and I saw there was a new Simon Pegg film, and right. I thought, I have how how have I missed this? How do I not know what this is? Um, so, without knowing anything about it, I decided to go and see it. Um, like I say, written and directed by Crispian Mills, who who is actually the the frontman for Cooler Shaker. Cooler shaker. Yeah. Like, um, what? Is the um, <laughs> okay? And and I had no idea. And uh, so apparently that's that's something that he's do- he's picked up more recently. And apart from being in bands and stuff now, he's he's turned into writing and directing. Um, this film was like it's 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 backed by um, uh, Pinewood Studios. Um, okay. I picked this up when I when I when I saw it on the on the um, uh, opening credits and everything. And they say obviously you've got the who it's by and there was a Pinewood Studios on there and I thought. Ooh. Not very often I see something that says Pinewood Studios actually for that, and I thought, I thought can that be the Pinewood Studios? And yeah, it is. right. Um, they're supporting low budget uh, Britflix at the moment, um, and um, yeah, it's, it, this this is a very a very cheap film. We, we talk about things like um, oh, I'm going to mention Prometheus again. Uh, oh, correct. <laughs> because uh, yeah, well, Prometheus cost about it was actually pretty cheap um, from yeah. from what I gather. It was it was supposed to be something like between 100 and 150 million, um, which is very cheap for such a big budget film. Um, but this cost 1.3 million to make, right? Which is a tiny amount. And um, this is it's been out a week, and it's some of the strangest stuff I've seen in a long time. When you say strange, what do um, you mean? It's it's basically a comedy film, um, but it's paranoid comedy. It's it's very strange. It's basically um, Simon Pegg plays Jack, who is a writer. Um, he writes. He's currently writing a book um, called um, Decades of Death, um, which, oh, is ab- which is about um, um, serial killers in the um, uh, in the Victorian age. Uh, Victorians, and um, so um, he's writing this book, and whilst writing it, he has become paranoid of everything. <laughs> Basically, um, the plot summary is: uh, right, Jack, okay. uh, Jack is a children's author turned crime novelist whose detailed research into the lives of Victorian serial killers has turned him into a paranoid wreck, persecuted by the irrational fear of being murdered. Which is one of the first thing he says. Uh, when Jack is thrown a lifeline by his long-suffering agent, a mysterious Hollywood executive takes a sudden and inexplicable. 
inexplicable Inexplicable. interest in his script (laughs) (laughs) what should be his break rapidly turns into his big breakdown as jack is forced to confront his worst demons among them his love life his laundry and the origin of all fear now that sounds heavy it's (laughs) but the film for the first 35 minutes is simon Pegg pretty much alone in his in this room in his flat and we don't see a huge amount more, um, but this, but he is basically paranoid of everything. He walks around with a nut, with a knife in his hand the entire time because he's 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 sure that someone is going to murder him. He's, right. re- he's really sure of it, and he and he and he comes out with all these elaborate ideas and of, of what's going to happen to him and who's going to and um, the wind keeps blowing through his through his flat and doors keep creaking and opening and. He's scared to get. He's scared to run across to the bathroom, and he's scared <laughs> well, we're, of all, we're all afraid of that. And he spends <clears throat> his entire time scared out of his mind about something that's going to get him. And right, and it's a very, it's really strange because all throughout this, he's talking. He's basically talking to himself um, about um, different murderers and what happened and what's going to happen to him. And and his, um, like I say, his, his, his agent gets him. Um, uh, um, uh, he, she, she wants him to make some money, so to ask him to write a uh, a children's book, which apparently he's done a couple of before, but he doesn't want to do that because apparently it ruined his marriage. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And um, then he, so he's been writing this decades of death, and someone from Hollywood wants to have a look at it. Um, so it's the story is for, for the rest of the film, um, which is um, it's about an hour and forty minutes long. So for the next hour, we see um, Jack trying to leave his apartment to get to this meeting. And okay. All so he's a recluse that can't leave the house. Yeah, he's, and... he's scared of going to certain places. Interesting. Um, but it's a really, really... it's it, I, I, The best best way to go into this is without knowing anything about it. Because... Is it in the same sort of comical stylings as your Hot Fuzz, your, your Shaun of the Dead, or...? Um, no, no, it's a, it's a lot... It's a lot darker. It's a lot more... Um, it's, it's, it's obviously a comedy. There's, there's, there's no... It's it's not like a serious film at all, right? Right. But it reminds me more of um, more of some of the bits out of. Um, it's got some spaced elements in there. You could kind of get a bit of that, but um, it's it reminds me of some of the, the bits from Big Train and some of them from Jam and stuff like that. So it's so it's darker. So it's 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 dark and like Garth Marenghi things like that. You could kind of get right, that right. kind of awkward kind of paranoid kind of comedy and it's 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 really strange film and like i say i had no idea what it was about when i went into it and i'm really glad i didn't but you, you sit there if you don't know anything about it you'll you'll wonder where it is going and what is going to happen um and what they what they are actually building up to what kind of story they're actually trying to tell um right but this like, like it says this this involves um his flat um this uh, <laughs> he's got his um uh uh, his um, psychiatrist, who has a uh, a pirate hat on, um, right? <laughs> yes, you'll understand why <laughs> when you watch it. I need to um, go see this film. <laughs> but um, and there's a um, he meets a, a a community support officer who he speaks to, and the, it's he got his, and he confronts his his fears, um, which uh, culminate around a laundrette. 
Of course. Um, They're very, uh, very terrifying places, uh, <laughs> British Laundry. And that's it. But there are some brilliant, brilliant bits in there. There are a couple of nods as well. Um, there is a nod to um, Shaun of the Dead, and I could see it come in. Um, oh, really? Because okay. he goes into his bathroom. Cause I, can, I can tell you this. It doesn't, it doesn't <clears> ruin anything. It's like he goes into his bathroom, and um, <laughs> uh, there's a mi- he's, he stood there with his bathroom mirror, and it's slightly tilted towards him. Uh, and uh, and you, you know he's going to touch the mirror and turn it to look at either himself or like we see um, in, in uh, Shaun of the Dead he sees Pete um, yeah. in the shower but he so you see, I can see this mirror I'm thinking go on go on do it push that mirror um, not that there's anything there in, in this one unfortunately no zombies but uh, but um, yeah there's some, there's some the soundtrack is good um, it's quite a weird one but there's uh, some se- some serious gangster rap. <laughs> wow, really? Gangster yeah, rap in this, okay. uh, um, including um, a composition of his own, um, uh, which uh, Jack does this um, this gangster rap, and there's some Ice Cube in there. And Ice Cube. It's really really funny. It's 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 a, a weird weird film, and it's nothing like like Simon Pegg has done in his more. Um, um, mainstream kind of films um, right, okay. even even thinking of Hot Fuzz and, and Shaun the Dead but uh, it's it's really really good um, at the moment it's got um, I think there are, there's only f- like um, 90 reviews or 90 um, uh, people have, uh, have scored it on IMDb I was going to say 90 people have watched this film maybe enough is it <laughs> because it was only on at the uh, in the director's hall um, in, uh, in a Derby showcase it's not actually on during the normal Right, so you paid the you paid the whole hog. So yeah, we had to pay for that. Even on Orange Wednesdays, you can't you can't get two for one. So you can't get two for one on Orange. No, on a uh, not on a uh, director's hall. No, so they go listeners. uh, um, Yeah, just just, yeah, just over nine and a half quid. I think it was. So should have gone to the court then. Yeah, I know. So Uh yeah, so we went to see. So I went to see that, and yeah, it's uh, it's it's very very it's it's my kind of humour. Yeah, if you like things like like um big train and you like things like jam and you things and things like garth Marenghi and 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 spaced and things like that then then you'll like this film it's uh, it's it's got some brilliant scenes in it um the um it's quite it reminds me a lot of um like the raven like edgar Allan poe in the way that he's on his own in this, right, in this okay. room but uh, it's got some brilliant bits in there. Is it kind of oh, like a trippy kind of film? Yeah, it's bit, it's yeah, weird. If weird you film. if you were smoking something, it would. It, uh, there's even bits where there are um, uh, some stop motion as well. Oh wow! Um, stop motion. Uh, yeah, nice. I won't tell you any more than that. But that you've sold me, Ben, on that stop yeah. motion. I'm, I'm sold. Well, yeah, it's uh, go and watch this film. It's a uh, it's it's a it's a strange film, but yeah, re- really really enjoyed it. Nice. Really really enjoyed it. So it's definitely worth going to see. It's funny because the um, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright are working on the uh, the final film to the trilogy, apparently. All right. So you've got Shaun of the Dead, you've got Hot Fuzz, and then there's one, the new film that's coming out, uh, The World's End, it's called. Right. And they've, they've just started working on it now, and it's going to be out sometime uh, next year. Cool. The World's End, keep an eye out for that. It's the final final part of the trilogy. Yeah. And uh, and moving on to, to the other film that went to the cinema to see, um, it's a... Uh, it's quite a stark contrast to to the two films we've seen already. Um, I went. Uh, I saw um, Jeff who lives at home. Jeff who lives at home. Yeah, um, I'd heard a bit about this. It's been out in America for quite a while. I think it came out like last year. But um, 
It's got Jason Siegel in it, um, who's from How I Met Your Mother, from from Muppets, from I Love You Man, Knocked Up, and I really like that guy. I think he's really funny. Okay. Um, it's got Ed Helms in it, who's from um, the American version of The Office and The Hangover. Um, Judy Greer, who plays um, uh, Ed Helms' wife, um, she's been in the most recent Two and a Half Men, she was in Descendants, and it's got Susan Sarandon in it as well. Susan, oh, right, yeah. Um, so obviously Thelma Louise and... Um, She's been out of the uh, the scene for a while, though, hasn't she? I say she's not. She's not been on it. I think she's been on more like uh, like Thirty Rock and things like that. She's been on things like that, right? Um, but not really done much in the way of films. Like uh, last film I saw her in was uh, Lovely Bones, right? So I think that was the last thing I saw her in. But um, but yeah, so it's basically it's it's a very small cast. It's, it's basically just these four people. There's a, a few other people in there, but it centers around these four, and it's. It was billed as a comedy, and to be honest, I was kind of expecting something around the "I Love You Man" kind of knocked up kind of, yeah, um, kind of film, American comedy kind. Yeah. Of. yeah, and it really, really wasn't. It really, really wasn't. It was kind of. Um, I watched it with my sister, um, who is a massive indie fan. Um, she she loves like indie type films, um, and she made the comment halfway through of it's it's a comedy desperately trying to be an indie film, but it doesn't pull it off. Right. Um, and it's it's quite a <laughs> it's quite a boring film. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> if I can be so blunt, um, it's quite it's everybody is sad all the time, which is which is to be honest is is the mark of a good it, indie is, film. Is, is a way that most indie films are. Everybody is sad. Um, no one's really happy with the way things are going, um, but it's all centered around family things like that, and it's kind of like that, but. Um, I don't know. It's um, it's it is based around Jeff, who who lives at home, <laughs> who is Jason Siegel's character. It would have to be somebody um, called Jeff as well. Yeah, and it's all kicked off by he needs to because um, he, he just lives at home. He does nothing. But we don't. It's it's one of these films where it all happens in a day. Films. It's one of these where it's not over a long period of time. It's just like a snapshot. Right. Um, okay. And it's um, like I say he he's he's given he's told by his mom, who is Susan Sarandon, to go and buy some wood glue. To fix a, a slat, and uh, he's been watching um, the film Signs, which he talks about all the time. So he looks for signs everywhere. Sounds and, like a. Uh, and he gets a phone call, um, uh, and it's a it's a wrong number, but he, this guy keeps ringing and asking for Kevin. So he thinks there's a sign and looks out for things that say Kevin. And okay. that's, that's basically what the film is is based around. And he happens to meet up with his brother, who's who's not sure if his wife is cheating on him or not, so they then go off and try and find out kind of thing. And it's all, again, it's, it's all happening throughout the day, and um, and it all culminates with um, the family and the four main characters pulling together and coming back together. Right. And So it's just on, just on a dis, disjointed family coming together. That's right, yeah. And it's, 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 a, it's a well-trod story. In um, in the kind of like the indie kind of films, and so it's just not done. It's not done particularly well. It's it, it it's um it it it's it's trying to put out there as like I say as an indie film. It's been uh, produced by people who did Juno and Young Adult and uh, oh, Up right, in the Air, okay. um, and um, it's that kind of thing where it's quite it's it wanted to be this kind of film, but also try and make it a bit more mainstream. But it didn't really work and. Um, I say yeah, I was I was quite bored while watching this film. Does it come off as more of like a failed comedy? Or? Yeah, it didn't know it, it didn't really know it. 
what it wanted to be. It, it, well, it, it wanted to be an indie film, but it didn't have the good writing well, to make it into yeah. that. Um, when I think about my favourite um, indie film is Royal Tenenbaums, and I love that film. Yeah, Wes, um, Wes Anderson films are yeah. brilliant for that kind and of thing. Yeah, I definitely. really, really like that film, um, which is strange because I'm not a, I'm not a massive indie film fan. Um, because of, I do find them to be all quite a lot of sad people throughout the film, and just get more and more sad, and that's <laughs> and that's how I view them. And maybe that's a bit biased, but I'm not a massive fan of that. But Royal Tenenbaums is is one of my favourite films. Um, it's on um, Sky Movies like all the time, and I watch it pretty much every time it's on. See another another Wes, Wes Anderson film is uh, The Darjeeling Limited, and that's yeah. one of my favourite films. See, and um, and uh, Wes Anderson is there is, is someone that I can I, he's he's someone I can watch, and I do like his his, his films. Mm. Um, didn't really get on with um, uh, Fantastic Mr Fox though. The the animated uh, yeah. Roald Dahl adaptation. Just because I think I think oh, that's probably more because I remember reading that so much as a kid. And having it read to me as a kid, and yeah, it's like and a, to kind of have that made into a cherished childhood memory. Yeah, and kind of had that made made into uh, like shoved into the um, uh, like through. I suppose it's like an uh, an indie box. Let's put and it makes everything really sad and everybody sad all the time, and it's all and the disjointed family and things like that. And it's like it didn't do anything for me because I loved it so much as a kid. Well, I find Wes Anderson quintessentially American, hmm. and not in a negative, just just generally speaking so when you when you think of Roald Dahl you think of a you know an old old age old uh, British ch- child author yeah and then maybe the juxtapose with sort of Wes Anderson's very Americanized style that's it and so it's, that's uh, so for me it didn't do anything for me I, enjoy, um, I enjoyed the film I but, um, but like I say that's that's the difference between this film and, and a well done Wes Anderson indie film is that maybe I'm maybe I'm, I'm putting it on a pedestal here because um, I, I see him as as if you're going to watch an indie film, he's going to do the best indie films you can watch. Right. Um, and this kind of wanted to be one, but if it wanted to be one, maybe it should have watched some more Wes Anderson. <laughs> um, and have gone that way because it wasn't filmed like an indie film. It was filmed like a like an American comedy, but it wasn't. And so, it's, it's, so for me, it's not one I can really recommend. I was going to say this is not a recommend. No, it's it's <laughs> it's. It's all right. It's it's okay if you like an indie film and you want it to, and, and, but you don't want it to be all out indie film. But it's it, to be honest, it, it didn't really do anything for me. So right. a bit disappointed really because I was kind of looking forward to that one. Um, just because, like I say, I like J- Jason Siegel um, and Ed Helms. Um, he's brilliant in The Office and things like that. So, but yeah, uh, okay. But yeah, it's uh, I can't say I recommend this one. <laughs> well, thanks, Levin. No problem. It's a, it's a boring film there. <laughs> Not to watch. Um, ben, uh, do you remember me talking, I think it was the last episode, about me wanting to watch the film Iron Sky? I do, yeah. The, have you seen it now? I, I have witnessed this film. Okay. <laughs> We've got to say, that for anybody that, that didn't listen to last week's show, this this is the very small, low-budget film um, based around the concept of alien Nazis invading um, planet Earth. Which is a, so, uh, quite an interesting uh, premise. Right off the bat, you you you're getting an idea for for what this. Um, but what intrigued me about this film was the UK release. The, the distribution in the UK was it, it basically got, um, as I say, it's a very low budget sort of not grindhouse. That's the wrong kind of word, but a very low budget kind of um, you know sort of uh, gore film. You know, a Roger Corman kind of flick. You know that kind of style. Um, it. it 
premiered on the 11th of February and the showings were for one day and one day only and I think there were about five showings on the one day it was released yeah um, in, in the UK and um, I managed to see this film and enjoyed the hell out of myself yeah it's, um, this film is a high recommend for me then but again you have to be into that kind of you have to be ready for the kind of the low budget sort of like I say the Roger Corman-esque style filmmaking although I will say the visual effects and the CG sequences um, obviously you've got Nazis coming flying down in, in swatch sticker shaped UFOs as you do and attacking uh, America obviously New York um, but it's very parodied this film um, you've got the UN and you've got the President of America I think this film's set in like something like 2030 something 38 in the future yeah. you know near distant future and um, the President of the United States is a woman and all she's interested in is being re-elected and how good her hair looks and her shoes and she's constantly bickering with the UN representatives okay because she's scared that one of the um, European representatives has a, uh, a swastika on his, on his you know his, on his ring and things like this and who has the better hair and you know that kind of thing so there's yeah. constant bicker in there it's very much it's, this is a comedy film um, it, uh, it opens up with a a landing on the moon and two astronauts get out you know it's an American shuttle it lands on, on the surface they sort of bound across the uh, you know the grey the grey scape of, of the moon um, one, one of the astronauts goes ahead and just by the voices, you can sort of tell that one's a an American white man and the other one's a African American gentleman. Yeah. And they're sort of talking back and forth about who they'd like to sleep with and and things like this. And um, one of the the, the 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 white astronaut goes ahead and goes up this sort of uh, this cliff face and looks over and he goes, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" And we see a shot of a, a ginormous base on the moon. Um, which you would probably notice from the Earth because it, it would be so big, you know. <laughs> yeah. But you know that aside, and then he suddenly gets shot in the face. All right, and he's dead now. <laughs> um, he's dead now. And then who steps into view? But uh, astronaut Nazi zombies. Of course, did he? Yeah. The thing is, <laughs> it's kind of good because the design of this film is everything on this base is set in 1945, yeah. except it's sort of. Um, updated, so obviously they've got like spacesuits, but they're sort of 1945 Nazi spacesuits, and they've got computers and things, but they're all like piston-driven, sort of old 1945 computers that cover a whole wall. Okay. And there's very much like crazy scientists with you know monocles and big mustaches, yeah, doing all kinds of crazy experiments. Um, uh, the remaining astronaut is obviously a black a, a black gentleman, and he gets kid he gets taken prisoner. And they, they get him into the base and he goes through the airlock and they remove his helmet to discover he's a black man. And obviously the 1945 uh, German soldiers are very taken aback by this. Yeah. And they the, the first opening quote is, is this a joke? <laughs> so right from the... Oh, by the way, this the American the uh, African-American gentleman is a, a model. He's not an astronaut. He's been sent up to the moon by the president as some sort of publicity stunt to get her re-elected. <laughs> Um, he's got an iPhone, which yeah. the Nazis capture and use to power their spaceships back to uh, planet Earth. Steve Jobs would be... Uh, Before they go that, to right? planet Earth, though, Ben, they have to dye the black man white. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to make him one of the Aryan race. 
So they die in white. They die in white. Okay. And basically, there's a there's a you know a, a female uh, Nazi teacher who likes to teach all the the nice side of the Nazi regime to yeah. to the school kids, and she's she's the good character. She helps the black man with the white now the the black the white black man escape back to Earth, and there's a chase sequence um, followed by an interstellar war uh, akin to Star Wars. Okay. And the visual effects and the battle sequences are actually quite well done. Okay. I'm highly surprised. Be- better than anything you'll see in sort of Independence Day. <laughs> really? Yeah. And there's not many named actors. In fact, there's no name actors, actors or actresses in this yeah. movie, except for Udo Kier. Do you know who Udo Kier oh, is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. who he is. He's great. I like that he's guy. He's in um, Cigarette Burns. That's the thing. He's been in loads. See, he's one of these actors that he's been in so many films, but you can't actually remember what I always what remember films. him from... Um, uh, the corn make me bad. Um, the make video. me bad video, yeah, yeah. the uh, rock video. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. He's the head Nazi zombie. Uh, not, not well, they're not zombies. They're sort of. Uh, it's hard to explain. See this movie. Well, in fact, you can't see this movie, but uh, well, at least not in the cinemas anymore. But uh, I think uh, two days after the release in in Britain, it got put onto DVD straight away. Yeah, I think it's pretty much out. It's out now. Yeah. So, so I, I, this fun. This film is fun. It's very tongue in cheek. It's very slapsticky. It's trash. It's well done, though. <laughs> to be fair, it is very well done. Uh, the director is Timo Veronsuela, or okay. Veronsuela. Can't pronounce the name. Sorry, I know I'm butchering that. Um, I'm sure he's not listening. No, yeah, so hopefully he'll be not. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was actually distributed by Buena Vista International, if you can believe that. No way. Yeah. I mean, I've not heard for them in a while. That's it. Weird. Yeah. And then the it was it had a budget of um, seven point five million euros. Yeah. So we're in the euros now then. Ooh. Yeah. But the see, I I could go more into the plot. There's not a lot of plot here. It's more just sort of chasing around planet Earth while there's yeah. an interstellar battle going around. There's sequences of the. Of I love that it's an interstellar battle. <laughs> <laughs> a Nazi interstellar battle. The British. Um, there's an American slash British uh, Air Force fleet that go off into space and we know nothing we didn't we didn't know of these this fleet until it they suddenly popped up into space to have this war and all the British uh, fighters look like TIE fighters brilliant and the Nazi um, sort of bomber ships are giant uh, zeppelins basically like space yeah. space sized zeppelins you've got you've got SWAT sticker shaped UFOs you've got all this good <laughs> stuff and you know, exploding street scenes and, and people yeah. running, screaming, and you've got a, a female president of the uh, of the United States that's more a woman, more she's more concerned with her bosom and uh, her hairstyle than uh, running the country, seemingly. Of course, she is. So, I mean, she loves the the idea of, of a war because she says that all all American presidents that fought under a war get the you know the best run. So uh, that's all she's that's all she cares about. You've got the 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 black slash white man running around trying to get his uh, skin dyed back, and you've got the um, the Nazi teacher sort of learning all about what the Nazi party was really about, and 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 you know coming turning around full circle to becoming a nice person, all the good stuff. Yeah. So watch this film. That's Iron Sky. It's out on DVD. I think it's probably out on Blu-ray as well now. Uh, for, for not very much, I shouldn't think, but it's worth every penny in my opinion. Ben, it sounds like it. See that yeah. this sounds like a, a submission for the blood bag, but it's not technically it's not a horror movie. So, 
Um, there you go. It does sound good, though. There is also a point where the, the German scientist chases the uh, the black man around with a, a giant drill, trying to drill into his brain to see if, if black people's brains are as big as white people's brains. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and what starts the initial war is that the Germans want to get more iPhones to power their uh, space equipment. <laughs> so um, oh, there we go. God. That's that's Iron Sky in a nutshell. Why wouldn't you want to go see this? Film? I honestly don't know why you wouldn't want to go see this film. And some of the lines in this movie, I can't really quote any because I didn't write them down. But uh, for the line delivery alone, it's worth it. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. I look forward to it. <laughs> Hey, Ben, did we talk about that, the new Wes Anderson film? Uh, no, we didn't. Is it Moonrise Kingdom? It is, yeah. What do you think? That, do you think that looks good? I think it does. Um, I'm looking I was forward actually, to it. I was actually going to go see that today, but I ended up not. Um, which is I'm a bit disappointed about, because I really wanted to go see that, and I will definitely catch it while it's at the cinema. Um, I say it's, it's another... The thing, the thing that will sell it will, is going to be the fact that it is um, another Wes, Ad, Wes Anderson film, and we've already kind of talked about him and said how much we we like him in. And, and like I've said that I don't like I'm not a big fan of indie films but um, he he's someone that I will go and watch his films because um, he just seems to do do it so well he's, he he's, does that that he, sort of area that genre yeah, it's, yeah. it might as well be his genre um, the way that he does it because he does it there's so many films out there that don't do it quite well enough but he does them he does it really really well um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm definitely gonna um, go out and see this one. Yeah, I think I will as well. It, it looks. It looks. Uh, it looks fun. Well, that's it. It's. Uh, it sounds like quite a, a nice premise for a film as well. I was talking to Son about it because he. I said that we were gonna go. Um, uh, and we're gonna go see it. But it's um, basically a. Uh, the, well, the synopsis is a pair of young lovers uh, fleeing their New England town, which causes a local search party to find out and find them. Now it's got um, uh, Bruce Willis is in it. Um, yeah, Bruce Willis is such an unlikely uh, actor to be chosen for a Wes Anderson film. Well, that's it. Um, uh, you got Bill Murray, who's who's um, already been in uh, every uh, film. Well, yeah, <laughs> every <laughs> Wes Anderson film. Bill well, that's Murray's it. In there. Um, and he also he, he plays such a terrific role, especially in uh, the, this Life Aquatica. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, fantastic. Steve's so yeah, you've got um, you got him in that. You've got um, Jason Schwartzman, who's in them all. Um, uh, who else have we got? Um, we've got some. Um, what's his name? Um, Ed Norton's in it as well. Oh wow! Um, and he plays quite from looks of it. He's going to play quite a big part in it. Um, and I quite like the look of Ed Norton in this one because I, I think I might have mentioned before I'm not the biggest Ed Norton fan, but he does look good in this film. Um, and it's it's a different kind of role for him. Um, it does seem to be turning to more towards some of the more comedic kind of roles, or whatever. Right. He's got uh, Tilda Swinton in there, Francis McDormand, um, who. Um, is who's is in uh, Fargo, which is one of my all-time favourite films. Fargo is incredible. Um, yeah. Got Harvey Keitel. I was watching um, Pulp Fiction again the other day. Oh, Pulp um, Fiction! So, so it's got it's got a lot of big names in this film, um, and it's testament to Wes Anderson the fact that he can um, kind of a, still attract the big names and um, to come onto a film which isn't going to which. Uh, I don't know. It's it's not going to be it's not going to be a massive film at the cinema. Um, it's going to get it's going to get a lot of people going. It's going to get a lot of the niche kind of good people going to see it. People who like this kind of genre, but it's not particularly mainstream um, in the fact that you're not going to get people who love going to see normal popcorn flicks going to go watch this. Um, so to to get 
people that want to work with Wes Anderson more than him. Right. Um, the studio trying to get them in. That's that's quite a cool thing. Really. That's it because you don't get these many sort of like you say these sort of underground sort of I don't know sort of um, uh, cheap not low budget but you know they're sort of they're not these big Hollywood blockbuster movies. Oh, yeah, they're all, you know, they're, they're, they're they're underground all... flicks really. Yeah, you, you yeah. don't get to see them at the, your showcases or your Odeon cinemas very often. You have well, to go it. to things like the you know local quad centers and things yeah, like that because we've got because i know that it's the quad that i was going to go see today for because they're showing it for cine babies and whatever and they've got quite a few showings on it and it's worth going down to watch it to be honest it's it, it's this is the kind of film that you want to go to a small cinema for that's what i'm saying um, like a small cinema because you, you're going to get people who are going to who want to watch the film if you go if you like i say if you go to somewhere like the showcase you will probably be one of the you of a, min, of a minority in the cinema you're not going to see a huge amount of people there, but when you go somewhere like the Quad, which which is going to be more, is, which is more aimed at people who want to watch this kind of film, it'll be packed, and you'll get to talk to people and be surrounded by people who are interested in this kind of film and know this kind of film, and you you get to appreciate that with with different people like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you won't get to see your average sort of foreign film or your independent film. A, a, a place like showcase like i say when when i heard that you know iron sky had come out at the at, at the local showcase even for one night i was still really surprised because that you know i love the hollywood system i love the blockbusters i, I love the cinema going experience on the mainstream level mm. but there's so much more going off in this in the, in the film making world and and in in the european markets and in the independent markets and the foreign film markets and you're only really going to see those sort of films on small venues and things like, like we said, like like our local quad centre so, yeah, and so other little um, venues. And it's, it's, they're it's, worth going to. They're exactly. Worth, they're yeah. worth making the trouble to investigate and, and, and getting into to, to yeah. find these you'll gems. See, you'll see some amazing films if you if you give yourself the chance to, to go. Um, it's like one of the, we talked about this, I think we talked about it in, way back in the pilot, but we talked about Tyrannosaur. Um, right, exactly. Which is the kind of film where... It it may have been on one showing at the showcase, but it was on for but it was on for a couple of weeks at the um, at, at the quad center. It's something where the most some of the most powerful films you, you're going to see you you're going to struggle to see in your in your in your popcorn kind of uh, yeah, exactly. cinemas. Um, you're not going to be you don't go to the quad and and, uh, and uh, eat hot dogs and popcorn and, and watch Transformers destroy the Earth. You go and watch, <laughs> you go and, and watch a film and enjoy a film and 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 get involved in something that you may not have seen before. So, so that's that's the cool yeah. thing about this kind of film is it's if 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 you want to go and see this film, seek out somewhere a bit different to go and see it. Yeah, make an effort. You know, yeah. make an effort to see these uh, these little films that you might yeah. not have. Uh... Go go go. Yeah. Um, Really, Ben, that's all I've got in terms of um, what I've been watching. Because, uh, I mean, I've had a really busy last couple of weeks. I've not really had a chance to get to the cinema or, or to buy some new DVDs. I did watch uh, I did watch Bowling for Columbine, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've not seen that in years. Michael Moore documentaries. You can't beat a Michael Moore documentary for anybody that hasn't really um, seen any kind of Michael Moore documentaries. They're very hard-hitting. They're very much to do with American culture and, and, mm. and social issues. Um, I mean, this this one is is basically about America and and why Americans hope to discover you know happiness and riddled in mass violence and things mm. like that. So it's like 
American society's attraction to violence and uh, I think like gun crime as well. Yeah. Um, so Bowling for Columbine, it, it talks all about the 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 Columbine shootings in the, in the school mm. where two students took you know machine guns into a, a local high school and then basically killed a. Um, you know a lot of people and he, he just investigates in, in why that's why should that should be the case because i think i think it's interesting because in one point in the documentary he actually goes to canada and he interviews you know government officials of canada etc cetera, etc cetera, and they have high gun ownership yeah. just as high as in america and they have very very little gun crime well that's it and it's quite a, it's, it seems like quite a surprise to them at the time um, they just can't work out why all these people can own guns and not be killing each other. Um, and it's quite strange to see people could not understand that. Um, because obviously coming from the UK, we see very little gun crime. Um, one, we're not allowed guns. Um, but I don't, but I don't think anybody sees that as a bad thing. Um, I wouldn't want to have, be worried about someone running around with guns and, down my street or whatever, but I suppose that's the point though. Um, yeah. because in America, it's such a paranoid country. Where they 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 have the the right to bear arms is is something that they um, still um, quote from a two hundred year old document. Um, right, and I think that's the thing with America. There's very rooted in that kind of thing. We think about religion, and we think about um, people still read from a two thousand year old book and read it as if it's gospel. Um, quite literally, <laughs> um, and um, you get a similar kind of thing with. Um, um, kind of guns in America when it comes from a, a document that is 200 years old. Right. Um, but they still read it as if it is, is correct. And, well, it says that I should be able to have guns. And now there is no way you could stop people having guns. I think in America, Michael Moore tries, in the documentary, tries to show that there's a, there's a high link with the sort of popular media and mass media and, and news media of America in terms of the news media in mm. sort of Europe or, or like, like Canada, uh, that there's a, a large influence on, uh, on like gun crime as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's an old documentary, but I, I, I've not really, I'd not really um, watched much of, of Michael Moore. And, uh, I just happened to pick it up in it in a local dump bin. At, I think it, uh, I don't know where it was now, actually, <laughs> but it, it won the best Oscar in 2003 for a documentary feature. Mm. And, um, yeah, really, really hard hitting. But this, you know, there's a lot of comedy running through his documentary as well, yeah, but he's incredibly interesting. That's it. The good thing with Michael Moore is he's, he's, he's accessible. He's someone that's quite, he's, he's quite easy to go, easy to watch something. Um, he makes it, he, it, for whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, he, he spells everything out to you. It's very, it's very easy to, to watch. It makes perfect sense. Um, it's obviously very biased to whatever he's talking about, but, um, it's the kind of thing with it's, it's something that's easy to watch and you easily get the point of what's going off um, I think um, at the end of the documentary it, it sort of culminates where he, he gets a group of teenage victims of gun crime where they've had like limbs shot off or just mm. bullets that are still embedded like in their spines and, and, and what and you know loads of horrific things and they take them to like uh, local shops and Walmarts that have a gun depart department yeah. and you can just go up and buy bullets by the box full and um, I think they go to the local CEO of, of Walmart and, and they buy all the all the all the guns yeah. and all the ammo from a local Walmart and take them in and say, look, this is what we've been able to buy. And these teenagers have been able to sort of gain access to mm. so easily. And it's just things like that. I mean, it's sh it's shock. It's a shockumentary almost. Yeah. It's hard hitting, but it's it'll open your eyes. And it's I think just every now and again, it's, it's nice to have this sort of experience and just have a bit of a more in-depth uh, viewing experience, really. Yeah. So, um, 
I recommend it, yeah. Bowling for Columbine. That's called Michael Moore documentary. Yeah. And that's the only thing I've really put into my DVD player over the past two weeks, Ben. Poor you. I know. I've, 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 I feel like I've let the uh, let the side down slightly because oh, yeah. it's been a Ben. Sh- it's been a Ben show this week, ladies and gents. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's your, that's that's the name of this episode. It's the Ben <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Ben. Because oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. Yeah. So you know, it's just been a sort of laid back sort of episode this week. Um, I don't know. We might do another. Another general chit chat next week, or a, or a, we might choose a topic. Who knows? That's it. But um, Ben, I've got. Um, have you heard about the new Quentin Tarantino movie, Ben? Um, I actually haven't. Is it Django Uncharted or Chain? Um, yeah, it is. Um, I've I heard about it <laughs> when you showed me it in the magazine earlier, <laughs> but I hadn't heard about it up until then. Quentin so. Tarantino's new Southern. Yeah, not Western. It's not a Western. It's a Southern. It's a Southern, and I I I know very little about it, but um, I've got the. I've got the um, the trailer here, and I thought we could watch it for the end of the uh, end of oh, the cool. end of the yeah. show. Um, so it is it is a western, and knowing Quentin Tarantino, there's going to be a lot of gun action. What a surprise! <laughs> but like I said, we were talking about Pulp Fiction earlier, so um, and um, and Glory Sebastian, so he's already made it into the podcast twice tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I again, I knew nothing about this movie until I just happened to see. Oh, there's a trailer, and it's a it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. And hey, it's a western. Two of the greatest things coming together finally. Well, that's it. It's, he's it's done the war film. He's yeah. he's done the samurai movie, and now he's doing a western. So, yeah. um, yeah. Do you want to watch it, Ben? I do. Sweet. Good cold evening, gentlemen. Amongst your inventory, I've been led to believe as a specimen I'm keen to acquire. When I hear the trumpet sound, What's your name? I'm on a ride right out of the ground. Jungle. Quite interesting. But yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio in it as well. Um, it's got Christoph Waltz, that's who I was talking about. Christoph Waltz. Yeah, who Christoph is, Waltz, um, yeah. From I've, um, yeah. And he's so, brilliant. I'm looking forward to that film, I think, Ben. Yeah, I th- I, but yeah I'm definitely looking forward to see that film. Next um, year. Next year, yeah, it's the no. next year release. A couple of other films we're looking forward to seeing though is Dread, the Dread. new um, Judge Dread. Oh movie. yeah, yeah. Um, I saw. Um, I'm not seeing. I don't know if there's a trailer out for this yet. Is there? Because I've not seen a trailer. I've seen some uh, production stills. I think there's some production stills, and there might have just been released a teaser sort of trailer at the minute. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to it because it's it's looks like it's harkening back to the old school British comics in terms of the design. I mean, we've not got um, we've not got Stallone in it in a cro- mm. in a cod, cod piece anymore. So um, it's got um, Carl Urban is playing uh, Dread, isn't he? In this one, yeah, the Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, Aomer did he play the character? Yeah, he was, in, he was in that, and he was in um, one of the Bourne films. One thing I think it was the second Bourne film. Um, so I do I do like him. I think he's good. Um, so and of course he was um, Leonard McCoy when he in Star Trek. That's uh, right. Yeah, played he? played that role brilliantly actually. So uh, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does with it. He's definitely got that kind of grimace. So I could I could see you know like the yeah. bottom just so, just his mouth coming out from underneath the uh, yeah. the mask. Chiselled so. chiselled yeah, grimness. He looks like that kind of guy. So as long as he doesn't shout "I am the law," then yeah. I'm going to be really happy. Although obviously that is a signature sort of you know. Well, that's it. I think it's it's one of those where. They'll either embrace it, or they'll still wear clear of it. Yeah, they'll so just chuck it out completely. Well, maybe they'll have a nod to it just to, uh, just to, just to remind them <laughs> just <laughs> what happened. 
but uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a. Um, uh, I hope the suit's a bit nicer. I think the suit was wasn't it like um, John Paul Gaultier or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like actually designed. It was an actual proper runway designer designed that suit. Really? Me. Yeah. Wow. I remember. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. This yeah. is the thing, though. But they've they've scaled the suit back to like its original sort of, um, you know, sort of underground comic book style from the yeah. old British comics from like the early eighties. So it looks good at the minute, and you know, all, all signs are looking good. But we'll we'll have to see if it if it delivers. Yeah. But you know, I'm looking forward to that. So Quentin Tarantino and Judge Dredd. You know, Quentin Tarantino doing a Judge Dredd movie would be quite an impressive. Yeah, it would you know be quite. I mean? Could you imagine him doing something like that? I think I think that's the next for Quentin Tarantino, a sci-fi flick. Yeah. You know, some you know proper cyberpunk. You know, something. You could see him doing something like that, and you could see because if you think about the way that Tarantino does things, he's he's so he's such a good he's such a good writer, especially for like conversations and like that. Because that's some of his strongest stuff is when he's doing um, uh, just people talking around tables and whatever. And I can imagine him doing something like like the. Uh, Scene from Alien when they're all sat around the table. Can yeah. imagine them all having a chat. You can imagine him writing something like that with some funky music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. So, is that it for this week's episode, Ben? I think it is. Yeah. Um, I think there's been quite a lot in this one. Yeah, I think we've more from you though, Ben. I've got to say you've put you've really you've really put you pulled your finger out on this one, my friend. Oh, babe, thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will try harder to watch yeah. some films <laughs> for next the next 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 show. Um, until next week, Ben, where can people send emails to? You can send an email to uh, panandscanpodcast at uh, gmail.com. You can indeed. Or you can get into us on Facebook, um, Pan and Scan Podcast, etc. We're on there. He's good at this, isn't he, ladies and gents? He <laughs> uh, can indeed, Ben. And you can also really help the show out by going on iTunes, subscribing to the show, and then um, popping on a, a five-star rating, please. That's it. Because um, it, it really helps us out. It does. Thank you to Dave Hickman for our latest one. Thank you very much, Dave. You're a good man. You are indeed. Uh, <laughs> so it's goodbye, folks, from me, John. And goodbye from me. It's it's me, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Ended it properly this time. Yay! And all the times I had the chance to My rambling I don't do too much gambling these days. These days These days I seem to think about how all the changes came about my way And I wonder if I'd see another
cornerstones and counter time and quarter tones to ten. Please don't confront me with. 